Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, the now forever CK Joe Rottermill. Sexiness is a disease, baby. <laughs> uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Uh, this week we have our Hell in the Cell review episode. Uh, I will just uh, have a disclaimer. <laughs> I first of all, I got in an accident right before watching Hell in a Cell this week, so that did not help uh, my feelings about the show. I also accidentally canceled pretty much all of my cable, so I don't have USA. <laughs> so I didn't get to watch Raw. Who would have thought USA is a sports network? I know. It's weird. I didn't get to watch SmackDown. And most devastatingly of all, I did not get to watch Crisley Knows Best this week. <laughs> that, wasn't that, that was supposed to be done like nine weeks ago. Well, I d- actually did watch it. I reviewed it last week. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I... I we we could talk about it later, maybe, but I I, I might have watched it this week if I had to. As long as you watch it once, okay. I did. That was the agreement back in the day. And I told these guys they picked the. They really must have known I was going to watch because <laughs> Crisley's mom joined a senior citizens basketball team, and Crisley and his wife started a podcast. Nice. So it was like podcasting and basketball, like my two biggest. Interests and and passion. It was like served right up on a summer. <laughs> it was. It was like, oh, we know he's going to watch it this week, so let's uh, let's put his two biggest interests in there. Um, so, Hell in a Cell. Alo, I know we usually I usually have you refresh the memories of the rating system. Here at the Mad Men's Podcast, we have a rating system in place. Well, God damn it, Arrow, let's, let's tell him the rating system. Will you hold on, Vince? Vince, if it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. You know, if it's a show falls somewhere in the middle, well, if it falls somewhere in the middle, well, God damn it, they're going to go wrong with the big fuck Vince. Tell him if the show falls somewhere in the middle, what does he get? Then I'll get a slobber knocker. And what if it's a fantastic show? But God damn it, you're going to show stopper. I'll start first. I I may be more harsh than everybody else for some of the factors I, I noted earlier, but this is a jobber for me. I really didn't I really didn't like a lot of the show. A couple good matches, like I'll give AJ and Joe credit. Although the finish since when can't you since when is the ref's decision final? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. That will never not be annoying to me. That on SmackDown they could go to the replay and restart a match. But on a pay-per-view, they can't when it means more. So that's one one knock against it. Uh, other knock against it that the fact just the fact that Brock Lesnar showed up made it, <laughs> would have made it a job for me. Even if everything else was a a Dave Meltzer six-star classic, it would have been a uh, a jobber for me. Everything else been even, just the Lesnar factor. It would have made it a job because the scale. yeah, and especially him showing up. To build a match for that stupid Saudi Arabia show, 
crown jewel. Like, get the hell out of here. He kicked that cage right off its hinges. Uh, Joseph, what's your rating for Hell in a Cell 2018? Hell in a Cell, more like hell no. I want to watch this pay-per-view. Start off with a big red cage. You, so you were not a fan of the new red cage? I was not cage. a fan. I was not a fan of the new red cage. It was bigger, which is it wasn't always isn't better, but um, just some of the finishes for me. Like you said... The uh, mm-hmm. split decision finish in the in the Joe match, which kind of I mean it wasn't their best match, but it was a good match. But just ha- to have that, and then they have a no decision in the other title match. It's like what the hell's going on? Yeah. So what's your rating? Are you a jobber with me, or are you a step above me? If I'm a step above you, I'm like Brooklyn Baller jobber. <laughs> so it's it's a, a good jobber. Yeah, yeah. A high level job. A high level job. Okay. Prep. So I'm just going to give it a slobber knocker. It was fine. I uh, said this in the group text, and I, I want to make sure that the our huge audience that we are having a hard time keeping track of <laughs> know that in this day and age, you can't just be fine. It's It's not okay that you're this multi-billion dollar company and you're putting on fine shows you should have show stoppers 12 12 months a year like if if you're gonna put all that money and have all this type of talent why can't you you know what i mean and then we have stuff like all in that are putting on show stoppers you know ring of honors pay-per-views are always solid new japan's big shows are always good it's like in a world of great wrestling, fine just doesn't cut it. I mean, well, to that point, I feel like they're watering it down too much with these these other shows, these Saudi Arabias, these Crown Jewels. They're trying to, I mean, the, the matches that we're watching on pay per view get watered down because of these big matches, these so called, I don't know what you call them, these big events. I mean, and the thing is, they're just house shows. Like, it's not like these are huge events. It's a house show that they're making more important than the weekly product. I feel a lot of the results of this Hell No pay-per-view were setting up uh, the Australia match. The yeah, Under. which, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not watching either one of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, watch, I'll, watch, I'll watch Evolution. I'm not watching Crown Jewel. <laughs> as much as we made fun of Great Balls of Fire... Crown Jewel annoys me ten times more than that ever did. Remember how good Great Balls of Fire was, too? Exactly. Yeah, like it ended up being good. There's no hope that this is going to be good, though. <laughs> no, and, and it's – it's the good thing is that it's finally showing financially, you know – yeah, they're getting all this money from Saudi Arabia, but a lot of people aren't happy with the Saudi Arabia deal. So, you know, people are canceling their network. They're not watching as much because of that deal. Yeah, agreed. It's not helping. Ayla, what is your rating for Hell in a Cell 2018? Well, those are $100 million house shows. <laughs> and... But- before I start, I just want to issue an apology to Russell D'Agostino on the SCA podcast. He, he experienced Bela after Dark live, and I, you, you guys know I don't stop, especially with me, especially when Rich is with me. I, I just so I, I know how he watches wrestling, and I want to apologize for ruining ruining the event for him. So, so in the words of Kevin Hart, he wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hell in a Cell. First of all, I want to say I hated the red cage. 
Okay. It, I don't know whose idea it was. It flushed out know, everything. I don't know if you guys sort of dirt shit about this, but I really laughed about it. The reason it made it, the, according to the, the dirt sheet, the, re, the reason why they made it red was because Vince didn't notice how old the regular cell was. So he wanted change. <laughs> oh my God. That's a dirt sheet I saw. Sounds I can right. buy it. I buy it 100%, but I thought that was hysterical. But we were all down on the show after it finished but I rewatched a lot of it because you know I was going on my rants mm-hmm. I was arguing I was arguing my bestie telling her about women and <laughs> she's and no and all this other stuff and Richie's on my side and stuff so yeah so I rewatched a, a portion of the show and I'm gonna give it a slobber knocker I thought the in-ring work was really good I thought the tag team title match for the Raw titles was a match of the night I thought Seth Rollins showed his ass off in the latter portion of the match, him and Dolph Ziggler had a great exchange later in the latter portion of the match. I, I thought Charlotte versus Becky was really good. Uh, Prep talked about Ronda and Alexa, how that would play off. I thought that played off very well, except for the outside interference for the most part. And a uh, friend of the show, Sean Klimberg, he asked me, he DM'd me the Instagram page and asked about Randy versus Jeff. And I flat out told him, I have no interest in watching that match. <laughs> so I'm not going to review it. So he did. That's honestly, I have no interest in talking. You don't want to watch his earlobe get, ear get twisted with a screwdriver? I have no desire Why not? to watch that at all. But I, I'll give it a slob. Uh, I thought AJ versus Joe was really good, but WWE, they kind of. Step on their own toes because I know Ron talked about, I know we talked about as a group that it's too much wrestling, and we saw that finish. So we saw that a similar finish at Takeover Brooklyn with Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. So after the Joe and Styles match finish happened, I know I said like, wait, that I've seen that recently. Mm-hmm. Then Richie said it, and then Ron confirmed, yeah, it was Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane, except for the tap out at the end. But WWE, they kind of step on their toes because they have four weekly shows each week and a pay-per-view each month and also takeovers every other month or three months or whatever. So that's four shows that you're going to come up with. That's five shows in a month that you actually four shows weekly and a pay-per-view in a month that you have to come up with creative finishes. And even though. That was an NXT, and NXT's a whole different audience. We still saw it, you know. So it kind of bothered me to an extent, but I thought a lot of the work was solid, and I'll give it a slobber knocker. Brock, it, all, it almost makes you feel like they should hire, like, a team of Hollywood writers or something. <laughs> you think? You but, would think yeah. that maybe they would want to do that. Yeah, well, Vince has the final say. Like I said, I'm going to take it a little easier on these Hollywood writers. <laughs> They've had more success listening to us than the Hollywood writers. They have. Brian Gerard James is... <laughs> but yeah, I, I give it a slobber knocker, but the whole Brock thing, like, like, didn't it, did it waste Braun's money in the bank cash-in? Yeah. But at the end of the day, did we, does anybody remember him really cashing in the briefcase? No. 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 It's a foregone conclusion. You could count it as a waste, but... The briefcase yeah. is done. Two years in a row, yeah. this briefcase is dead. Yeah, and then... Like, and then, but we did get the element of surprise of Brock. I can't remember. Somebody we were with mentioned Brock's coming out. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Ron or Eric. My and friend. Five minutes later, came out. I was watching it with my friend. He said, even like before the match even started, he said Brock's in in house tonight. He's going to show up. I didn't know how it was going to cut play into the match, but told him he was going to show up, and and he did. And I, th- it was, I thought it was we get a bre- I thought we get a little breather from Brock and, and Heyman, but here we are. 
Yeah, I, I could have done without it. And here's the crazy thing. It, it just remember we would talk about the uh, the Triple H Sting match and how overbooked it was. That's kind of what this felt like. Like it was just too much. You have a Hell in a Cell match that should be enough to be the main event, let alone to have four guys come out and then Brock come out with Heyman at the end of it. And then it's a Hell in a Cell match where there are no rules and they get counted out basically. Yeah, they just end the match. Like, someone's going to get up eventually. Yeah, like zero zero logic on this pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I, I do want to give credit, though. Like I said, AJ and Joe, finish aside, the work they did was great. The tag match with Ziggler and uh, Galloway and Seth and Dean was awesome. Yeah, they worked their asses off. It was, yeah. it was a good, solid match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, really, I really did. Uh, you know what? I may need to go back and rewatch Becky and Charlotte. That was a good match. The first like I the first five or six minutes of it, I it felt sloppy. like they were like out of sync and sloppy, and I think I just was like, "Wow, I expected this to be better." It definitely felt slow at first, but it did pick up pace. There was the and Prep and I actually talked about this. Uh, I think yesterday there was a sequence where they were like going for the figure four into the arm bar, and it was like so awkward. And then there was a point where. Becky was doing like the shoulders in the corner and Charlotte was jumping before Becky even moved towards her. And there was another spot like in the middle of the ring where it, I was like, oh, they're they have like no chemistry. And I think I just tuned out. Uh, but I was happy that she won the title. Happy with the little storyline they did afterwards with Charlotte trying to congratulate her and her completely. She walked away and kind of. Yeah. She opened the door again to further further the feud. Yeah. And Rhonda and Alexa, was I thought, was good. Um but, yeah, the pay-per-view, we talked last week about how we came out on Monday and Tuesday and it didn't feel like we were heading towards a big show. And then we came out of Sunday and I felt like right. I, didn't, I didn't really need to watch this. And so speaking of that. You should cancel your pay-per-view subscription too while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, just go all the way yeah, and just, just cancel the WWE Network too. Um, so let's assume for a second that let's say I didn't see anything on Raw or anything on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Yeah, I don't care who takes this first, but did I miss anything if I didn't see either <laughs> show? You saw you missed friend of the show, Leo Rush with Elias. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Elias Elias so did good. some good work. So, so that I, that I did see. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you did because I took your advice and I watched like I watched some YouTube clips today. So here's what I did see. I saw the, the promo segment with Roman and Braun where Heyman came out. I saw the Becky and Charlotte segment. I saw a little the Leo and Elias segment. Uh, I forget what else. That that tells you how good everything was that I saw. I don't even remember the three minute clips that although, I watched. Although it didn't really play out the way I would have liked, I did like the idea of a woman's open challenge. Oh, that too. I and didn't play that part, but that led to nothing. Well, and you guys know I'm not the biggest Ruby Riot fan, but I I thought her spear on Ronda looked great. Oh yeah, Ruby <laughs> Riot for the win. So I'll give her credit for that. So so you guys tell me, what was like the biggest thing that came out of this week's weekly television? Well, if you want to go off of Raw, everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, if you want to go off of Raw, if you watch last week's Raw, mm-hmm. you basically watch this week's Raw because essentially the same show. Because you still have Braun and 
what are they calling themselves? The dogs, whatever the hell they call themselves. Dogs of war. Dogs, dogs, of, dogs war. of war and the shield. Same stuff. Uh, basically, that you have the Baron Corbin announcement of Roman Reigns facing Roy and Brock at Crown Jewel. And then we had one-on-one matches with Ambrose and Galloway and Seth versus Dolph for the IC title, which I thought was good because both, both guys were selling injuries from the night prior at Hell in a Cell. But other than that, you talked about the women's title open challenge that really led to nothing. It was basically a plug for Super Showdown with a six-woman tag with Ronda teaming with the Bellas to take on the Riot Squad. Other than that, not much happened at all. You didn't really miss anything. Even though I did enjoy Barrett Corbin getting disqualified and making it a no DQ. That was the problem. My favorite thing was when he realized, like, I know, oh, wait. Like, wait, I can tell you. Like, he did that before, but I thought it was great. <laughs> so I didn't see any of the match, but I did see him tell Roman, you're going to defend your Universal Championship tonight. Against me, and I don't know why, but I I popped for Kinda that. I laughed at it. <laughs> I did. I, I really. And look, I'm not like a Corbin Mark by any stretch. But this but is good for him. You're, you're getting there. You're getting yeah, there. like this. This is funny to me. Like they they basically figured out he's not really good at talking. So let's find a way to make him talk. And the point is for him like not to be that good. The point is for him to kind of annoy you. But it's been and entertaining to listen to talk. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think yeah. it's funny. Um, even him saying, you know, I've been on the phone all morning with <laughs> Stephanie McMahon trying to work things out. They still need to figure out how to make Braun actually a heel on the microphone because they really ultimately just have to rely on him saying that the crowd sucks. How terrible was that? That was awful. It was bad. This all sucks. It made no, me laugh, this though. segment sucks. It made me laugh. Like, yeah, and he gets cheered when he says Roman sucks, which is like... Why have him say that when you know that's going to be the re- the reaction? I th- I was entertained, uh, surprisingly so, by the McIntyre Ambrose match. Um, not that I thought it would be a bad match, but the fact that they let uh, McIntyre get over on one um, hasn't had a lot of big victories, and I thought overall it was a good match. Yeah, uh, what was like the match of the week on Raw and SmackDown? Like, if I was going to watch one match, what would it be? AJ and Andrade was my favorite. Yeah. Great. Sure. <laughs> so that was it. And they had a match just like two weeks ago, too, right? I think it was a little longer than two weeks ago. It, but was, long, it was longer than that. Yeah, was it? He hasn't had a match. on SmackDown in a month, I think they said. Oh. Yeah, it, it's been a while. That might have been his last wrestling match on SmackDown, but it has been a nice amount of time. And I think he wrestled one after AJ. Uh, I forget who it was, but it, is, it has been a while. I feel like he lost a match on. Smackdown a couple weeks ago. I think didn't he fight Daniel Bryan after AJ? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that was AJ's first wrestling match on SmackDown. But Andrade's been in action mostly every week. Um, he's the unsung hero of a SmackDown right now. Who Andrade? Is. Yeah, he is. He's the most underrated call up. Like nobody's really saying much about him, but he's consistent and performing at a high level. Awesome, awesome personality. I mean, the only issue you have with him right now is his, he sounds like he has marbles in his mouth when he tries to speak English. That's why he has a manager. He shouldn't be talking he at all. He has to polish that a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think that he sh- they should just, like, not give him a microphone. Or speak in Spanish. We speak about this all the time yeah. where, like, dude, just have them speak in their language. You're a global product. Yeah, speaking his language. And, and he, like you said, he has a mic piece, so you don't have to have him. Yeah, there's no reason for him to have to struggle to speak English. Yeah, he said this about Asuka how many times? 
Yeah, even okay. though he's not, even though he's not like, he, this is still considered a push. So it's a big deal for him to be in the ring with AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah and then and he was a plot, a plot ploy with the whole um, Brian Bree and Miz and Maurice thing. But he's he's kind of he's getting the TV time. I'm I'm happy he's getting that at least. Good, it's a win. Yeah. Did you guys? What was your guys' thoughts on Miz and Maurice versus Daniel and Bree? If you have any Terrible <laughs> I hated it And you know Big big ups to Bree and Maurice I, I made this clear last week That I'm very happy that they are able to perform But that doesn't mean I want to see them perform So <laughs> No no bueno Just because they can perform Doesn't mean they should perform Exactly I couldn't get past Bree's pants So I was just <laughs> The well, Seattle Seahawks pants A lot of viewing windows Yeah that's true Yeah As she is an Eagles fan But I digress Yeah But Yeah I had Like Even when that match started I was just like I, I don't care Even Ross was like I don't yeah, I don't care Because like I, I don't hate the Bellas But the thing with them is I feel that They're kind of like When they came back in 2013 it also started Total Divas. So, like, I kind of think they've kind of, like, outgrown WWE. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate them coming back to actually want to wrestle and be a part of the business. But I think they're, like, kind of outgrown WWE. And they're, like, they don't really need to be around. Even though they're not around much, I don't think they really need to be around anymore. You don't like seeing them cheerlead Ronda Rousey? No, because this <laughs> so is so BFS. <laughs> no, and, and listen, you know how I feel about how they, when they talk. Beautiful women, but Bree Bree's normal voice fine. Normal voice terrible. Nikki's voice, uh, <laughs> it, it, they're whiny and stuff. I, I I just can't take it. It's like you with the country accents. <laughs> oh damn! Wow, yeah. that's that's really saying something. Yeah, but yeah, I had no interest in that match, and I'm glad that I don't think these guys, I don't think the, the wives will be involved with the two two anymore. But I am looking forward to that super showdown match. For the winner to get a WWE title shot And I, I think Daniel Bryan's actually going to win this match Since Miz got the upper hand in the first two meetings Yeah I, uh, didn't, I didn't hate the match though I mean, I, it is what I thought it would be I didn't, I didn't, It wasn't going to blow me away Didn't take the card um, It was just fun I mean, dueling yes kicks and some things like that Kind of made it interesting I like the fact that they're letting Miz get over Continually on Bryan And kind of just feeding his ego Um and it led to the match. So I, when it first popped on, they showed a small on the screen. I thought it was like I thought it said a winner go home match. That's yeah, why I like kind of popped up, <laughs> tried to look at it, but it turns out it's for number one contendership. But I didn't hate it. What do you think about um, their segment on SmackDown? I thought it was enjoyable. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird. I mean, I like how Miz led in. Like he's got the best guest ever. Big surprise. All this, and it ends up being his wife. Corey Graves is selling it like it's oh, he, he managed to get her but it's his wife yes. how hard is Corey it Graves, Corey Graves was the same as Grace this entire thing how did he manage to land Maurice as a guest <laughs> <laughs> and then like when, uh, when Brian knocked uh, it down and she, and she was acting he's like oh my god it's a miracle like he, he was the saving grace of a lot of this feud well like Joey just bringing up Corey Graves saying that that already is better than any of the clips I watched on YouTube, I think. <laughs> it was Corey Graves saying, how did he land Maurice? Um, yeah, I thought it was funny seeing, obviously, Maurice laying there 
Because she did a very convincing job acting like she was she her. She did. For a minute there, I thought she was. And then For you just, one minute. Yeah, and then you see her smiling through the ropes. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, and then the Miz's face when he accidentally knocked Maurice off of the ring apron. I think the Miz, I, don't even, I can't even call him underrated anymore because I feel like now everybody likes him. But not many people in the business have better facial reactions than the Miz. Like him being oh, him being terrified of Braun Strowman back a few months ago was like one of my favorite things ever. Like just the, the look of sheer terror on his face. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this being just about Brian and Miz. But um, I just feel like we're going to all end up looking back on this whole feud and saying this was maybe about it's kind of the equivalent of Punk saying Vince is a billionaire who should or a millionaire who should be a billionaire. That's kind of how we're going to feel about this feud. Like, this should have been great, and at best, it's going to be, like, pretty good. Yeah, because, like, what they do now is, like, they're holding off to their bigger shows because this should have happened right after Miz got sent to SmackDown because Brian's the reason that Miz supposedly got sent to SmackDown, but they threw Brian with Big with big Kaz or Kaz and Big C, whatever he is now. <laughs> so that took away all, all, all the momentum for that. And then they were, like I said, we, they were just saving it for their bigger, their biggest show of the summer, which is SummerSlam. They were saving it for that, so it took away all the steam and the momentum from that, and it took away all the heat from that feud. Now, if if Brian wins that Super Showdown, I think that can kind of like get the fans like back invested because because that means he will actually be in the title picture and people can actually anticipate him winning the title. And what do you think the chances of that actually happening are? I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know because we'll have Not that crown. Good. Will happen. Will happen at the hundred million dollar house show crown jewel. Will it happen at Survivor Series? Where you know what they like to do? Hashtag under siege. When, when's it going to happen? <laughs> the thousandth episode. That 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 can work too. What's the date of that? Middle of October. Okay. Yeah. So it is after Super Showdown, but I, said, I don't know. But I think. So I think Brian will win that match, and if he faces AJ, then I think like the, the crowd can get invested in that because it's basically probably face versus face, and the crowd may be, be may be behind Brian more than they are AJ. Maybe I I don't know. I just feel like they really dropped the ball. Prep any thoughts on Miz and Brian going forward? Miz wins. So you just think the whole feud I don't, is, yeah, is I don't, takes the feud, <laughs> or yeah, you just don't um, care? Way to way to kill Daniel Bryan for me, like three years, mm-hmm. and we c- come to this. I mean, this could be the spark that he needs, but I don't know. This is it's going to be rough for me to get back on this train. So, like, real quick, just like around around the horn here, and prep. I'll start with you. One to ten. 10 being the highest or the most, what was your level of excitement for Daniel Bryan returning? A 10. Alo? Uh, 8. Okay. Joseph? 10.5 because I got to be, <laughs> I got to be higher than, <laughs> higher Pratt. than maximum. I got to be higher than Pratt. <laughs> and I was a 10 too. And now Pratt. 10 two, 10.2 or 10 too? 10 also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for, for yeah, allowing just, me to clarify that. For our viewing audience. Yeah. Um, so, Prep, now, what's your level of excitement about Daniel Bryan? Is, uh, I hope he cuts his hair, shaves his beard, and goes back to NXT. Halo? <laughs> One. Joseph? 
Six point five. And I'm like five. Like I'm just kind of indifferent. And like it just doesn't even feel like it matters. Because I just feel like for me, and it's not anything Daniel Bryan's doing. Um, still very interested in Daniel Bryan. Awesome wrestler. When he gets the opportunity, I feel this looming contract thing makes me feel like until that's resolved, so I know that he's staying with the company or leaving the company. I feel like he's never going to get a solid push. Has there been any news on that? With Daniel Bryan, he, he resigned. Well, he, huh? He he did or he didn't resign? He did resign. When did he resign? Sometime last week, there was a report about it. Huh. Well, maybe. Well, maybe they'll like invest in him now. I don't it, know. It could then, because if with him signing, he has now has this contract match. It could lead to him facing either Joe or or AJ. And is there any any one of us that would rather see Daniel? Like, who would you rather see get a title first, Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe? Joe. Yeah, I never get tired of these Joe title <laughs> matches. Be Joe right now. I mean, I, I think he needs Your namesake. One. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> us Joe stick together. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, I, I would rather see Joe, too, because it's something it's something new in WWE. He has earned it. And that's that was maybe the other big issue I had with Hell in a Cell. Is like the one match that warranted a Hell in a Cell is the one match that didn't get one. Which is really stupid that AJ and Joe didn't get put in Hell in a Cell. Um, did we see Fabulous Truth at all this week? No. So I really had no reason to watch on Tuesday. No. <laughs> I was just going to say they really, they they must have heard that you weren't going to watch. So. <laughs> we, we could hold off on this for another Ron week. Ron, cancel this cable. <laughs> hold the segment. <laughs> Let's hold off on Fabulous Truth till he has cable again. Um I'm trying to think what else was there. Okay, so Leo Rush. I did see the segment with him and Elias, and I thought Elias was incredible in that segment. I loved that he just kept beating the bit over the head of Leo Rush being a child. Like He, <laughs> he mentioned it like three or four times, and I, I really thought Leo was funny talking in that voice and kind of being like all corny and nerdy. But was it just me or was the crowd not reacting to it even the slightest bit? They don't know. Yeah, for for me, I I had said it earlier. We we saw him get himself over in the middle of the match. Yeah. So so, so like Alo said, they didn't know him, but they they know him now. Yeah, Alo, do you agree with that? Yeah, because like like we said, like. When they took 205 lock, the, the cruiserweights off Raw, it became a gift and a curse because now that they're not on Raw, they could work they could work their own style on 205 Live, and they were and and people would act, they could actually be themselves on Raw. They couldn't do that; they work WWE style. So that was a gift and a curse for them. But at the same time, you're taking them off Raw, where people can actually learn who these guys are. So, so not saying everybody doesn't watch 205 Live. Remember when 205 first started? They had a hard time getting people to stay because it started at 10 o'clock. Now it's moved to Wednesdays before NXT comes on now. So maybe more people actually watch it. But that was that was the only disservice about the cruiserweight because we talked about Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali a few weeks ago. It got great praise by the by the internet and on Twitter, but. I watched it, good match, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't really care. To me, it was just a match because I don't watch 205 Live every week. So uh, you got to so you gotta get, so you like, you guys, like, get these guys. Like, I would love if 
they like actually wrestled regular guys on Raw and just said, hey, well, if you want to see more of this guy, you'll watch him on 205 Live. Like, that's how you get people actually want to watch. You think that's something we'll ever see, though? Well, well, he has them. He has Leo managing Bobby Lashley, who, which which is fantastic, by the way. <laughs> and he had uh, we saw Drake Maverick, which is, with AOP, which is the funniest thing in the world. Thank God he ditched the he ditched the SWAT gear this week. No, he didn't and wear it. it. No, he didn't wear it. He just wore to me that was the it. best part of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, like he didn't wear it last kid. week either. Oh, did, no, really? Yeah, like the, the vest weighs more than him. He looks like but he did have the. He had the tactical pants on, but but like that that like that's how you're going to like see who these guys are. That's the only way you can do it, or have them actually wrestle on Raw, but not as cruiserweight. Just have them wrestle any any regular guys. If you want to have Leo team a team team of Bobby Lash take on Owens and Elias next week, I think that would be fun. You can actually showcase Leo Rush a little bit and just be like, hey. If you want to see more of him, you can see him on 205 Live. Or have you I've been saying this since the cruiserweights came in. I couldn't yeah, we, wait we all to have. integrate them. We all have, but they haven't. It's crazy. Have, you, yeah. have your top matches on the pay-per-views. Have your big 205 Live matches played out in the in the middle of the pay-per-views. Yeah, and then like when I do have a cruiserweight title match, well, the last time they had one on pay-per-view was SummerSlam. They put it on the pre-show. Like, nobody – like pre, are you on the card technically? Yes, but it's the pre-show. Yeah, most people don't tune in for that. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure don't. Yeah, so if you put on a regular card, it's like, okay, you're going to see this no matter what. Um, sell, sell the matches. <laughs> so this is, this is – I'm realizing now in the middle of the show how difficult this is to do without notes and not knowing what happened because even though we're saying I didn't miss anything and nothing really happened, I don't even know where to go at this point. <laughs> So, like, outside of... You could touch on the Shield. Uh, you could touch on, again, we didn't even really go into the Ronda Rousey too much. The pay-per-view match leading into where it's going to. Um, any of those kind of stuff you can kind of... Okay, well, what did you think of, of Ronda and Alexa? Anybody? Thoughts on Ronda and <laughs> oh, Alexa? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I thought you were throwing it to Joey. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I thought I thought they did a good job. I remember last week I said I really wanted to see Ronda sell, even though it didn't make any sense. But I thought <laughs> she did a great job selling her injuries. She sold a lot. She sold a lot. Um, I was kind of kind of excited to see that because again, just got to be a more give and take. Um, right now they're pitching Ronda as like the badass, unbeatable, take on anyone kind of. You got to see. You got to see both ends. Did yeah. she sell too much though? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, 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 well, he did a good job setting up the rib injury on Raw because that was the main factor in the match on Sunday. The, the outside interference, that was whatever. Alicia Fox, I don't know what the hell she was wearing. <laughs> she was like a drag queen. I, 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 don't, I don't know what she That's was wearing. That's what my wife said. My wife said, why is there a drag queen at ringside? <laughs> that is like the, the captain. Ca- that is your captain. <laughs> the captain hat will always be fine to me, but what the hell? Like, oh my god, what is she wearing? But anyway, I, I, I thought the match was like presented very well, and Alexa was actually a formidable, formidable, formidable opponent to Ronda this past Sunday. Um, and she's not on mixed match challenge anymore. Yeah, she got hurt. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Do we know what the injury was? It's an arm injury. And what was her replacement? Fake, it's Ember not the Moon. fake double jointed arm injury. <laughs> no. 
That is a complaint that I have, by the way. What? That they the use arm, that too much? The arm bar, it doesn't make any sense. The way she's applying it in the match? She's folding the elbow like the natural way, like mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, it's like, like oh, no, that doesn't really – I'm doing that to myself right I, now. I think – I mean, she looks fine. like she she's really tight on it. She's not like – she's like really balled up trying to like hide the fact that she's doing that. Probably not doing it well, but – Do you think the whole thing is like they don't trust her to be able to do it without actually hurting someone's arm? Probably because she remember when she threw Alicia Fox around. <laughs> yes, I'm I mean, surprised Alicia Fox still has rotator cuffs. <laughs> I mean the whole the whole selling point of that move with her, and maybe this is because Becky does a very similar finisher. The whole selling point for it is literally like as she gets it applied, like her slamming back on the mat. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not really focusing so much on what it actually looks like when it's in. And Alexa, I think, was tapping. As soon as it, like, as yeah. soon as it, even before it was applied, she was already tapping, which was kind of funny. Like, okay, you, you might, you might get it. I'm giving up already. Like that was kind of even the way I viewed that. Um, is there anything to look forward to right now? Super showdown should Super be. Super showdown October six at five a.m. It, it should be a fun show. It's at five a.m. Five a.m. I wonder what the running time of that is. So, 24 hours. Around the clock. Whole weekend. <laughs> Just throw matches out there. <laughs> what did The Undertaker do this week? I turned on that clip. I watched it for 25 seconds. He came, like, nope, he came out and uh, cut uh, a segment. Uh, I, I, I really got to present this to Ron. I really right. do. Well, what's the line that... I'm going to put you down. That was said like three times. Oh, God. And I just talked about that last week, didn't I? How much they love saying that. Yeah. And he announced that at Super Showdown that his his brother of destruction is going to be in his corner against Triple H. Wait. Because Shawn Michaels going to be Michael, Michael's gonna be in Hunter's uh, corner. Hold on. They're bringing Kane back for this now? Yep. The mayor. Yes. Doesn't he have an actual job to do now? (laughs) Not on a Sunday. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If it's a a government job, he's not working on a on the weekend. What's up, Prep? There was a there was a report that he's donating uh, most of whatever he makes from that to the uh, to the county, Knox County. Hmm. And and then the, the rumor and speculation is Bash, hold on to your pants. <laughs> Please. 21, 21, <laughs> years, 21 years in the making. Uh-huh. The rumor and speculation is at WWE Cubic Zirconium or Crown Jewels, <laughs> whichever you want to call it, it's going to be the Brothers of, Brothers of Destruction versus DX, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Get That's the rumor and speculation. Oh, my God. Why? It's 2018. <laughs> That's why I said 21 years in the making. Uh, who? Like, really? I don't know if any of the three of you feel this way or if any listeners feel this way. If anybody has any desire, any need to see that, please explain to me why. Like, I, I need to know why anyone would care about that. You can see that. It's called the WWE Archives. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually a little bit at a loss for words over that. 
And Kane, that's great if he wants to donate, if Glenn Jacobs wants to donate his earnings to Knox County. I couldn't care less about Knox County, Tennessee. So that, that does nothing for me either. We could have listeners there. <laughs> that, that's fine. If you're in Knox County, Tennessee, I'm not hard to find. Um, so, that's what the, <laughs> so that's what The Undertaker did. He said, I'm going to put you down, and he said, Kane is going to be here now. So does that mean yeah, now me corner. and HBK is in Triple well, H's corner? That's why he's that's why he's bringing yeah. Kane because HBK is going to be in Sean's corner. I'm going to have someone in my corner. I mean, yeah, like nineteen year old me might have been excited about this, but thirty nine year old me not as much. Um, does anybody have anything else they want to add about the pay per view or the weekly shows? Try to find that Leo Rush segment to see what it's like. I will tell me, tell me if you feel the same I'll find it on Instagram and send it to you Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that he got on Raw A couple weeks in a row I'm happy that he got to actually be like out In the arena this past week And I'm happy people actually got to see him And hopefully this helps Helps him like elevate himself within the company I think Cause it Because even though it wasn't getting a reaction, I thought what he was doing was entertaining on the microphone at least. And anything's more entertaining than just having Bobby Lashley out there by himself. So It is light years better than anything Bob Lashley would have done. Yeah, what did you guys think about Becky Lynch and Charlotte on SmackDown? I liked it a lot because two reasons. One, I think Becky has even more of an edge now that she is the champion. Yep. Like she's not chasing. It's like, okay, now I did it. And now I'm, like, rubbing it in your face. Her, like, escalating throughout that whole promo of saying, I didn't want you to raise my hand on Sunday night because I knew you were just trying to take my spotlight. But now I'll let you raise. Now you can, tonight you can touch the champ, and I want you to raise my hand. And then when Charlotte didn't want to do that, she said, no, that's not what I want anyway. I want you to put the title around my waist. Yeah, she kept, she kept up, up in what she wanted her to do. Right. Which like I thought now, was great. Now I want you to call me queen. And I loved, and you know what, one of my pet peeves, I've talked about this before, is when somebody's holding a microphone and they don't actually respond by talking into it, they just kind of like mouth some words. Mm-hmm. And I like that Charlotte was trying to talk and Becky was cutting her off a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I thought the brawl was good and Becky leaving holding the title. I really liked it. I love what they've done with Becky. And I think this has actually made Charlotte a little more interesting than she was to me two weeks ago. Because now it's like she has something to something she has to actually do. Like she's been defeated and I feel like that has made her more interesting. So like what do you guys think about Becky and Charlotte right now? I love it. I I think they're taking Becky in the right direction. She doesn't need to be a face, but to me she's still not a heel. No matter what she does to Charlotte, because <laughs> Charlotte's getting to that point where it's like Roman kind of. Yeah. So um, I I love it. I th- I think her promos are solid. She's a great wrestler. We already know that. So as long as she keeps up like this, there's no reason why she can't hold this title past Mania. Yeah, I I enjoyed everything she did. Because like one thing that I really did enjoy, she didn't. Go through her entrance motions like she usually does. She was straight to the point, except when she got into the ring. That's when like she kind of like played up to the crowd a little bit. But she wasn't all smiles at all. And the promo on SmackDown, like like I said, the run when he when Becky just kept 
changing what she what she wanted Charlotte to do. I thought that was I thought that was great. In the whole anytime anytime Becky says bitch, I pop. I, I think <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> I, I think it's so funny because, like, cause like, like she's like so sweet, and like when it comes, when she says that, it's like okay, she's on edge. She got really, yeah, yeah. And like, I really did enjoy this entire segment, and the like the rematch is at Super Showdown, and like we said, it makes Charlotte more Charlotte a bit more interesting. And then I know you guys a few months back, the rumored WrestleMania match was supposed to be Charlotte versus Ronda, and one way to get one way to get there is. Charlotte had to get the title off of her eventually, so if she does get it back this year, fine. But she doesn't really need the title. I think Becky could hold it onto it for a little while. For sure, she needs to. I mean, Becky went from the first women's champion on SmackDown to irrelevant to its background noise to back into the in the main t- title picture, even holding the title now. Um, it's been fun to watch. I mean, she's she's been, and I, I like the whole feud issue of it because I mean, again, they gave her an edge. And um, it's good to see the kind of see that from 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 a woman's perspective, as far as they have that kind of good feud they can carry um, a couple shows. Yeah, like I remember, I think we were annoyed, like that they had already announced this for like the next show, and now at least it feels like okay, it it deserves another match. I also loved every time Becky said, "This title says otherwise." And you guys know how much I pop for, for an Irish accent. Whether it's SummerSlam or otherwise, I, I always Uber pop for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely like that segment. I like where that is. I like where it's going. I saw a few clips from the Mix Match Challenge. Did, did you guys see Charlotte in the ring with Naomi and Charlotte twerked a little bit? Like right in the that's what you want. If that's what you want to call it, I, I'm using that word very loosely because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Us, I don't know what else I could call it. Hey, like, you leave us white people alone. We can twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Some white people can twerk. Charlotte yes. is not one of them, though. <laughs> yes. Oh, did, you, did you see what AJ caught Naomi and J, and J, Jimmy Uso tried? She said, "Told AJ to put her down." I did like, not see that. Grabbing her butt, it was so funny. <laughs> one of the things I liked was when Jay found uh, Natalia's cat ears in the corner <laughs> and he put them on. Alo, you were right. Like, while I don't have a desire to really invest time into it, it is fun to get to see them like not be what they're forced to be on TV every week. It is fun to see them get to do some different stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, because uh, I sent I sent you the clip of uh, Jinder with Alicia Fox. Yeah, so good, mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> trying to get her to calm down. <laughs> yeah, and her you saying Ashanti. She <laughs> 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 yeah, she didn't say Ashanti. She said Ashanti, and she started singing one of those songs. I don't remember which one it was. One of those Ashanti Ja Rule bangers from back in the day. <laughs> there, there was a, there was a group of them. Yeah, and they, they were bangers. So. They were. Uh, and I appreciate them more now than I ever did. Yeah. Like, if I hear Ja Rule on the radio now, I'm turning it all the way up. Why would the hell would yeah. be playing Ja Rule on the <laughs> Every once they in a while. To. Every once in a while. Yeah, they like, need I'll to. The, uh, I, I'll never hear it. I'll hear the Ja Rule J-Lo song, and I'll be like, oh, way turning this up. <laughs> yeah, Angel yells at me because I, I play old stuff from, like, 2001, 2002. I'm like, 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 like let me be, okay? Yeah, it, it's better now than it ever was. Uh-huh. Um... Want to do listener questions now? Oh, Prime, have you been watching the Mayon Classic? 
So I, I have to catch up, but I've been slowly weaning myself off watching too much wrestling and trying to make time for other stuff. Look at you with the gun down. <laughs> but uh, I, I will catch up in a couple days. I have watched. I've watched. Me and Jen been working on vision boards. I'm not, like not 100 cut off, but I've watched. How romantic! What have you watched, Joey? Like, what have you seen so far? I watched the first two. Is there anybody that has stood out to you that you didn't already know? I mean, nothing that pops off the board right now. I mean, again, I'm kind of just watching the names I know. Um, I'm going to rewatch a couple matches that I, I kind of kind of highlighted for me to go back and watch. Mm-hmm. I was just the first away. night, the first night, uh, Mako Satamora versus Killer Kelly. So good. <laughs> first time I watched them away, I was trying to introduce her to the May Young Classic, so... Oh really? A little distracted. <laughs> what uh, has Tony Storm had a match yet? Tonight. Okay. Um, Wednesday. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I was like looking forward to seeing. I don't know. One day maybe I'll sit down and watch it. Since I don't have cable, maybe that'll give me a reason you to sit down it. and, yeah, and watch some it. WWE Network. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Although I do need to get cable back soon. I'm just, like, dragging my feet on it. It is weird to turn on a, a basic-ass channel and see nothing there. <laughs> like, I turn on I turn on TBS to watch Conan, and it's like, oh, this isn't part of your plan. Like, it's TBS! Do some stage- <laughs> How is that not part of a basic plan? Create some Ron Prashy-inspired <laughs> stage plays. That's, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll bring theater back to Delaware County. He's bringing theater back. <laughs> that mother knows how to <laughs> act. <laughs> Yeah. Billionaire attendant. He he went in, he went in uh been big time on you guys. Who's this? Billionaire Ted. Oh, he's, not, yeah. he's not basic cable anymore. No, he's not. He did go big time. Uh so Pratt, what's been your biggest takeaways from the May Young Classic? So I've I've only watched that first night and that, that match, the main event of that night was my was my favorite match that I watched so far. Mako Satamora, I saw her with Russ in New Orleans at Pancakes and Pile Drivers. She's a lot of fun to watch. She's a, she's a little older, but she's you know they're they're building her as a as a legend. So I, I really yeah, enjoy that. They sold her as that right off the bat. Yeah, let me let me just say and and act hated me when i said this in a group text i'm gonna say it now <laughs> michael cole was so good <laughs> is he really may young classic i won't be shocked because he's not getting fed lines yeah it's true Vince yeah. doesn't care how this comes across so yeah he treats it like a sport like i i think he he did really well so he did it justice to me he did is i don't know how joey feels Phoenix? I really didn't pay attention to the announcers. I, mean, I didn't realize he was he was doing it. I've learned after many years of bad announcers to tune out the announce team, other than Corey Graves, who's who's kind of captured my ear. Is it just Cole and Beth Phoenix, or is there somebody else there too? Isn't Renee there too? I believe Renee is there. Okay, were you going to say Halo? Yeah, speaking of of commentating, I know one reason that I hate watching SmackDown. I can't stand Tom Phillips anymore. Oh. It, there's like there's like no emotion. But like there was when Mar was there, like he can make just a basic match feel like the biggest thing in the world because there's so much emotion there. But Tom Phillips, I don't know. It's just something about him that I'm, I'm tired of. He and says I, everything I, in the same tone of voice. Yeah, that, that, that's everything. 
Everything you said sounds the same. What a pile driver. Like, he'll talk with, like, like his volume raised, but, like, he says that it just sounds the same no matter what happens. There's, like, no no other level for him to go to. I don't know. He, I think he's terrible, and I never liked him. Um, so he didn't bother me at first, but now I'm just like, all right, I, I know why I can't stand SmackDown. Well, there, there was that it's one because, time. because there's no passion in anything he says. <laughs> there was that one time you had a couple of wine coolers too many, and you were talking about Todd, Todd Phillips in a very flattering light. Well, maybe when I'm drunk, but yeah, off, off wine cooler. Like I said, you're a couple of wine coolers deep, so I'm, I'm trying to think if there's I'm ever, yourself. I'm trying to think he's about Philly's own too. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, he's from Philly. I don't know if I ever knew that. Well, he's he's an embarrassment to the city, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure you mentally blocked that from your mind the fact that he's from Philly. <laughs> Probably. Um, all right. Do we well, have any? Oh, go ahead, Alo. I have something else. Well, in the past couple hours, it's been reported by a PW Insider that mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio has signed a new two-year deal with WWE. Okay. So, do you guys have any thoughts? You guys have anything you want him to do, like feuds? Anything specific you want him to do? Like, what are you guys' thoughts on Rey Mysterio coming back? Does he even have a place in WWE? I love him to come back. I think he definitely has a place. I think it'd be interesting. It depends how they use him. Again, they they're kind of overloading the cards these days. They don't have enough enough show to go around. They're just kind of filling it with the same couple guys. What are they going to do with him? Is the question. For me, it's yeah. not, I don't care too much about it. I mean, good you, that well, he's there. You aren't but excited about it. No, there's nothing there for him to do. Yeah, because cause when I first saw that, like, we came back at the Rumble, I was happy. Loved it. And then the reports are coming out, like, he, he he's the DLC for WWE 2K19. So th- when that happens, like, okay, you're probably going to – you're in contract negotiations because you had to be negotiated to be into the game. So I remember the latter portion of his WWE tenure – like the last year or two, nobody cared. But remember, he was number thirty in the Rumble. And he got booed. Yeah, remember that. I and did. like, he just didn't. He didn't have a place in the company. His last WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30, 30 he was in the first Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Nobody knew. No, no, nobody remembers that. I just don't think he has a place anymore. Like, it'll be good for the first two month or two because they'll actually let him go out and do what he wants. But like we said, we all love Rey Mysterio on this show. It's just the fact that WWE didn't make him do too much. With the talking stuff, that's not Rey Mysterio. It never has been. But I'm excited for him to face AJ because I'm sure we'll get that. I want to see him versus Andrade. I, I want to see that. That was my first thought of Andrade, um, pairing him against him. I know... There's history there. Yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to see that. Like, I, I don't mind him being back, but I don't think there's really a place for him anymore. And everybody keeps talking about this LWO thing, but the news, but it's been reported by MLW that uh, Phoenix and Pentagon they're locked in through 2019. I mm. saw that a couple of days ago. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm happy that he's. I'm. Ha- I'm. Ca- I actually, I'm not happy he's back because he could be doing something way better. The only thing I'm hoping for, really, is I hope he wears his all, his All In gear to the debut so I can get that figure. That's the only thing I'm, that's the thing I'm most excited. The wor- a worthwhile ring. cause. <laughs> yeah, to get get to give me a figure. That's all I care for. Yeah, I, I'm not excited about it. I'm tired of looking to 20 years ago all the time. <laughs> so anything they do. 
I'm trying to think if there's anyone they could bring back from that era that would excite me. Um, if they brought back, like, Val Venus, maybe I'd get excited for that. Steve <laughs> Blackman. <laughs> but there's Scotty not... Scotty Tuhati come back again. Okay, yeah, that I'd pop. If I got to see a worm again, sure. He is an employee. Yeah, but for the most part, I don't need to see... that. That's it. I'm, I'd be excited to see, like, novelty stuff from 20 years ago come back. But stop selling me the same guys that I was watching in 1997 as if it matters in 2018. Like, I'm not still watching Warren Moon play quarterback in the NFL. I'm not still watching, like, Scottie Pippen lock down guys on the perimeter in the NBA. And I don't want to. Like, been there, done that. I'm, I'm ready for, to see what's next. And they're only – I hate that I said what's next because that sounds like somebody else – from Who's 1998, next? but yeah, I'm not excited. Channing inner bill. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Anything else before listener questions? No, I think I got everything. Okay. All right. So we had a question for the Godfather, Joe Lafferty. Mm-hmm. This is probably the shortest question that he's ever said. <laughs> this, this car for Australia is really stupid. Are they going stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the question? Are they going for stupid? Yes. I think no, but I think they just don't know any better, and they can't help themselves. Yeah, I, I want to say no, but it's hard for me to say no because it seems like they're doing it just to provoke the other answer. What? So you Everything think, they're doing just makes me want to say, yes, they're doing it for... So you think you they are trying to be stupid? You know what's funny? I, I'm actually going to look into this, but... These matches that they're announcing, these are probably the same matches they're doing on house show circuits, even though it's essentially a house show. So yeah. they're getting paid mil- hundreds of millions of dollars to put on the same show they will put on in some obscure city, yep. basically. Yeah. So are they going for stupid? No. The no. The company, Australia's being stupid for paying them this million, these millions of dollars for, me, for mediocrity. Yeah. Prep. It's a house show. We can't really be upset at a house show lineup that they're showing. Yeah, like I guess I guess it's like it's hard to not look at it like, oh, you're making this a big that's like that's the problem. It's not a big deal. But it's being we're being smacked in the face with it every ten minutes on Monday and Tuesday that it is a big deal, but then they're not treating it like a big deal. And I think that's where the disconnect is. Like, laugh. Huge disconnect. Yeah, like, laugh is is seeing the way they're promoting it as if, oh, this is a big show, but it's not really a big show. So it's, it makes it seem really stupid. It's a big payday. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's just a, sh- a regular house show in Australia in a big stadium. And then there's no October pay-per-view that will involve the men. Because the 28th, that's Evolution. And the November 2nd is Crown Jewel. Yeah. Oh, which which they're having a tour a crown is a crown jewel tournament or a crown yeah, jewel like cup. world cup or something like that. Some 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 crap that won't matter. Ten minutes after the show's over, so they're having that too. So that'll be something else to forget about. And if we're totally honest, it won't even matter during the show. No. <laughs> yeah, if it's a world cup, it needs to be a actual like. You know how Cruiserweight Classic and mm-hmm. Mae Young Classic, like, they bring in all these other people? Yeah. Like, they needed to do that. That would at, at least, least be something, but... Yeah, at least make it fun. Yeah. 
Um, anything else? The return of Push Fire Berry. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pop myself. Listen, I'm <laughs> saying something. Uh, Michael Cole. Okay. <laughs> Ziggler tuning up the band. Oh, God. Or the Rock Sharpshooter. <laughs> I am so happy that the Rock Sharpshooter has finally made an appearance on Push Fire Berry. All right, Push Fire Berry. So something has to to get a lot more attention than it already does. Something has to get hidden away forever. And then something just has to get the axe. Again, all things I really hate. Huh. Like, the idea that Michael Cole might actually be good without being told what to do, like, that gives me some pause. But even still, I've been listening to him for how long and I can't stand him. (laughs) Dolph Ziggler tuning up the band is, you can make a case that it's one of my top five least favorite things in wrestling. Uh, And the Rock Sharpshooter, I mean, it's the worst sharpshooter I've ever seen. And I'm a big fan of the sharpshooter. So, I think, hmm, I feel like we've gotten a lot of mileage on this show out of the Rock's sharpshooter. So I think I'm going to push the Rock's sharpshooter. So So we can keep having it a point of discussion on the show. I think I want to... So Dolph Ziggler has already been buried enough throughout his career. (laughs) So I think I'm going to bury Michael Cole so we can just find a new play-by-play announcer. And maybe Michael Cole can just, like, stick to the things he's good at, like the Mae Young Classic. And I am going to fire Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I'm going to fire Dolph Ziggler tuning up the band. Because he never should have done it in the first place. And I feel like it is a fireable offense that he has done it as much as he has. So push... Uh, the Rock's sharpshooter, bury Michael Cole, and fire Dolph Ziggler's ass for tuning up the band. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Toad D was, I'm watching Toad D was right now. Okay. And Paige is looking. <laughs> you stay away from my woman. You stay away from my woman. Yeah, I will always have to give Joey credit that he was like the, the first one huge on Paige. Um, I got to cut. I do. I do have a listener question. Uh-huh. This is from new friend of the show. Okay. Isaiah Rivera. All right. He said, what is the most overused wrestling move? Super kick. Spear. Super, Super kick. Spear. <laughs> the goddamn DDT. <laughs> goddamn DDT. <laughs> I mean, uh, all good choices. I mean, they are all overused. How you gonna kick that game and drop them goddamn head? <laughs> um, are you ready for Stump Alo? Yes. All right. So, Stump Alo for this week. We saw Brock Lesnar interrupt this month's network special. I wish I knew how the production crew had his music teed up. <laughs> Anywho, according to the internet, what was Brock's first pay per view loss? According to the internet? According to the internet, what was Brock's first pay-per-view loss? Oh, okay, you see, you see, he's trying to, trying to be slick here. <laughs> because 
his real first loss, he wasn't pinned. It was a tag team match at Insurrection <laughs> in England of May 2002. He teamed with Sean Stasiak against the Hardys, and the Hardys beat Stasiak. Is, 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 that, is that his answer? So he told me this is a trick question. In May 2002, Insurrection <laughs> from Wembley Stadium was dubbed the first Raw brand pay-per-view. <laughs> Brock teamed with Sean Stasiak and lost to the Hardy Boys. And then what he followed up with is he'll probably give some deep cut about his first singles loss or make up an excuse that Insurrection wasn't a pay-per-view. <laughs> he, he'll probably – what what would you have said if it wasn't Insurrection? No, I knew it was that. But if you didn't know that, what would your next go-to have been? His first loss? Yeah. He, he, lost, he lost to RVD by DQ at Vengeance that year. And his first pinfall loss was uh, against Show. Okay, so that's what he said. He'll probably say Big Show when Heyman turned. So you defeated the trick question. <laughs> Alo has not been stumped once again this week. <laughs> I am impressed. Um, anything he else? He thought he was slick. He thought he, he did? was slick. I, and I love that you immediately said, oh, he thinks he's slick. <laughs> Especially because I was the only one who knew. He told me this is a trick question. And you, you weren't tricked. Um, anything else before we close out the show? Excellent job, Ronnie versus the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, that was this was Ronnie versus the world, but technically it was the first installment of Love and Passion. <laughs> <laughs> very true, Prep. Very observant of you. I didn't call it that, but that is very much what it what it was. Um, all right, Joseph. Any final thoughts from you? All good here. All good here? All good on the Western Front. All right. Well, then that is the show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes. Whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right. So for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C.K. and Joe Rottermill. Making love to your ears. <laughs> for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. With the guns. <laughs> and for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Did the whole show pantsless. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I am wearing pants. <laughs> there, we've seen no evidence of it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no evidence. <laughs> All right, he proved it. They're actually, they're actually shorts, though, but hey, I'm splitting hairs. Yes, but I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.